So this is the fourth installment in a series called The Seed, um, where I am hopefully going to teach you how to make the word work for you. Um, you know, Jesus tells us to live the on earth as it is in heaven life. And, uh, you know, we, we are Christians and we're like, oh, okay, on earth as it is in heaven. Bill Johnson writes a book about it, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, it's just like, but, but how does that practically apply to our lives in a way that we become those kingdom people that, that cause the, the Jewish people to be jealous of who we are and the power and the revelation and the, and the blessings that we walk in? I mean, come on. I, people look at the church and they go, I don't want to do that. Because they see us as uh, the law, the, the church of right and wrong. You know, they don't see us as this big, glorious, victorious people who walk in power and might and wisdom and counsel and authority and intimacy and passion and love and freedom. But that's our inheritance. And so I, I want to talk to you this morning about, about this seed and, and, the, and the beauty of the seed and how to make the word work for us so that we become prosperous and we obtain all that God has for us in the earth. You see, prayer is not an empty exercise. It's not just something that the Lord thought he would uh, tell us to do so we could be disciplined in something that is difficult. Right? It's like, oh, I got to pray. Okay, I got to check that off my list so I can be holy or I can be whatever. And so I do my 15 minutes, which is really difficult. Or if you're super spiritual, you do an hour. Or you know what I mean? But it's hard. You're like, man, this is so hard. Why is prayer so hard? I'll tell you why it's so hard. Because we don't get it. We don't get it. The truth of what prayer is, is that prayer is an encounter where we ascend to heaven, where's my little ascend to heaven and transform the earth? Little there, nope, not that. Nope, <laughs> go back. Okay, no. Okay, just take that off. Okay, so so our our motto, there it is. Thank you. Yes. Our what we have been called to do is to teach and train. We we uh, we are we are an apostolic. Hub, we are a place that we train up sons and daughters to ascend to heaven, not just, oh, hey, I'm going to have this, this glorious encounter, this passionate encounter, this revelatory encounter, but we're going to teach you then how you find what is in heaven and we train you how to bring it down to the earth so that you can take dominion, so that you can build, so that you can advance the kingdom with God co-labor, co-create, you know, uh, this is what we have been created to do all along. And so the last generation will get this and we will begin to see the kingdoms of this earth become the kingdoms of our God. That means that every mountain will be ruled and reigned by a son or daughter of the most high God. No matter what you do, it doesn't have to be the church. It could be a family. It could be 
uh, business, it could be entertainment, so on and so forth. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you are called to rule and reign in that place. So I want to review last week. Um, okay, now you can put up this slide. Thank you, Rom. Okay, last week we were talking out of 1 John 5, uh, verses 6 through, I believe, 13. And uh, the and 1 John 5 um, talks about how there are three that are one in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, okay? And the three in heaven is the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And there are three that are uh, agree as one on the earth. He doesn't say are one. He said they agree as one. It's the water, the blood, and the spirit. The water and the blood, which is he talks about in verse 6, he tells us what that is. That is Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so we partner with the spirit through our agreement. And when that happens, do you see that line from spirit to spirit? What happens is that the word, when the word speaks, it finds a home in the earth when there's agreement with us. So the word has to land on our yes. Okay? So First uh, John 5, I want to just uh, quote this. Uh, 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 verse 9 and 10 says this, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made God a liar. So what happens is that when there's no agreement with what the word has said, and I'm talking about the word of God that he wrote, but I'm also talking about the word of God that he spoke because he wrote and he spoke and he's still speaking today. And so what happens is that that line with the power, there's power in the word of God, but when there's no agreement, there's a break in that line. Therefore, the word cannot work on behalf of your life. When the fall happened, the word was shut up in heaven, except when he released it through the Ten Commandments, and then he released it through the prophets. And it was written in this book. So for 4,000 years, they had the law, which is the do's and the don'ts, and then they had the words of the prophets. 4,000 years. And when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to tear the veil so that you can enter in and get the word for yourself. Remember what I told you over the last three weeks, that the battle of the ages is over the word. Because the Bible tells us that the word is the seed. And in the book of Revelation, he said, I will put enmity between the seed of Christ and the seed of Satan. And these two seeds, these two words will war against one another. But that the seed of Christ has a capital S and the seed of Satan has a little s. That the seed of God, the word of God speaks a better word than that of the word of the enemy or the word of the earth or the word of what I like to call Captain Obvious. 
You know how you're going around and you see the situation in your life and you speak the obvious all the time. And so you're speaking what looks like, I'm just being realistic. This is, this is the reality. Well, I got news for us. That's not the reality. The reality is in heaven, not on the earth. We have to believe what we have heard and seen in heaven, not with what we see and we hear on the earth. When Jesus, okay, when Jesus tore the veil, so he came and he, he, uh, he illuminated these new words. And that's why in um, Acts 2, he said that Peter talks about what happened when the Holy Spirit came. He said, it's about this. Now you will have access to the word through the dreams, through the visions, and you will prophesy, meaning that now there will be a whole company and an army of people that will release the word once again into the earth. What happened then is that the foundation of the church was laid with great power and authority because the apostolic and the prophetic was in the land and they were readily available and the word began to shake the foundations of the earth and the foundation of the church was laid. And then the enemy came in and he started sowing seeds that were tares into the church and the word of God disappeared from the church. And so the people didn't have access to the word of God. And then there came along a man named Martin Luther and he restored the word of God back to the common people. So that the word was in the land again, and the people began to prosper from the truth of what God had said. And then a man named William Seymour, who wasn't, who was a black man, not even allowed to be in church. He had to sit outside of church because they didn't allow black men in the South to come inside the walls of the church. He would sit outside trying to hear what the pastor was saying. So he goes to L.A., to a place called Azusa Street, and he starts this radical prayer meeting. And there's just this little company of people praying together. The Holy Spirit falls again, and the Pentecostal movement is out of the gates. All of a sudden, the Spirit now is rebirthed through this man and his ministry. So now you have this, you have a, 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 um, a, um, a rebirthing of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So you have the the, the, the uh, written word and the spoken word that now have come together and the spirit and the word coming together is about to explode into a generation who understands how to make the word work. Because we have been called to enter into his rest and not work in our own labor, but allow the word of God to do the work for us. But because we don't understand how to make the word work and we think prayer is just a boring exercise in discipline, we are powerless and most of us leave most of what we have for ourselves that God has prepared for us 
in the earth and we die without ever seeing it or ever realizing the fullness of what God has said. The word of the Spirit is laid on top of the word of the Bible. It's like a word seed that we're called to eat, you know? And our yes is what's in the middle. It just sandwiches our yes. And it's a delivery system that your future is going to ride in. So the witness and the testimony of the truth. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 11. Okay, so Jesus is having, not verse 11, hold on. I'll start in verse 5. So John, uh, Jesus is having this, um, this dialogue with this Pharisee, Nicodemus, and he comes to him at night, kind of sneaking around, and um, questioning him about who he is because he sees the power and the authority that he walks in. He's like, okay, what's up? Something's up. You're different. You're different than all the other teachers in the land. And so he begins to ask him questions about what he's saying. And Jesus answers him. In fact, the questions he says, he says, you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus then goes in and talk, starts talking to him about being born again. And this guy probably looks like he heard, you know, like a dog that hears a loud pitch, you know, his ears all. He's like, what? What are you talking about? This makes absolutely no sense to be born again. And Jesus says in verse 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. So he's saying, listen, there's a sound that you're going to have to yield yourself to. And this sound has power. And he goes on and he says in verse 11, most assuredly I say to you, we, Jesus says, we speak. We, Father, the Word, and the spirit and he said we speak what we know and we testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness and so he's saying there's a break in that line and the things that we are saying and the things that we see cannot come down through you if, and he says in verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? There was no landing page for the word. The word had no way to work because there was no way for that word to land on a yes. There was not a yes there for him. Jesus tells us, and he explains it again, turn to John 12. Am I going in and out? 
John 12, verse 44. He says this, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but believes in him who sent me. And he who sees me, Thank you. Um, And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the word, but to save the world. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. Okay, so he's saying this. He's saying, listen, this is the truth, and I am telling you the truth, that my word is actually now in the land, and it is my word that will judge you. I don't judge you, but the word that I speak will create that cutting and that judging. And he said that the word is light. So when God spoke the world into existence in the four words. He said, let there be light. So the word of God creates a, a, it's like a flashlight into our lives and onto our path so that we know how to go. And so we can, by the same measure, we can understand that if the, if the seed in the word is light, then we know that the seed of Satan and the word of Satan is darkness. The parable of the tares talks about the wheat and the tares that grow up together. That these two words, these two seeds will grow up together. Do you know that the word tares, it means, that it's, it means false wheat. It's, a, it's resembling wheat, except the grains are black. So there's a darkness in a tear, and it looks like wheat, but the grain is a dark grain, whereas true wheat is a light grain. It is an amber-colored grain. And, and, and so we know that when you've got these two and they're growing up together, but we also know that the, that the wheat, when it's ready for harvest, it'll begin to bow. It'll begin to bow over even the tares. And so I believe what the Lord is talking to us today, and I want to bring this together to a practical application. Um, Jesus said, how, they said, how do, I, how do we pray? He said, give us this day our daily bread. It is daily because it is supposed to be a light to our path. The, the, uh, Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so if the word is lighting up our pathway, what it does is it's practical, this is not some sort of euphemism or some sort of uh, 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 over-spiritualized 
word. This is actually a practical application. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation. In other words, lead us not into temptation of believing a different word or believing a tear or allowing the enemy to sow tears into our soul, which are words that will darken our soul. Words influence. You know that, right? Jesus said this when, t- and he, when he was tempted. He said, because the enemy came to sow seeds and to sow words, did God say, did God say, did God say? And Jesus came back with the word, and he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is the spoken word today, the prophetic, that will begin to break the power of the word of the enemy over our lives. And so what we have to do is, number one, get the word. Speak the word. Prophesy the word out daily. Prayer time is this, ministering to the Lord and taking his words and speaking them out loud. They become the stepping stones to our future. They become the light to our path and a lamp to our feet. They, the words of God is what creates those open gateways those open doors. I believe we are on the precipice of an even greater awakening than what happened with William Seymour. I believe that we are about to see an incredible outpouring, but unlike it was then, I believe this outpouring is coming from you. My heart is to unlock you so that you can begin to roar. My heart is to see you begin to exact change in your life. And once you lay hold of this and you begin to see that the word works, then you will become an unstoppable new creation, son and daughter, son of light, son of oil in the earth. And you can transform your workplace, your family, your city, your condition, your health. Nothing will be held back from you if you can get a hold of this. You know, Fortune 500 companies have tapped into a measure of this, and they have begun to hire consultants who are, well, I guess they're not consultants because they put them on the payroll, but it's like that uh, position on the payroll that nobody really talks about, but they have a position of authority to begin to train their people how to use words to create business. Now, this is witchcraft because they're new agers and they're just pulling words out of thin air, but the Trust me, it works because the system, like I've told you over the last several weeks, has already been put in place by God. They have discovered that the system works and they're sowing seeds 
and the seeds are going out and bringing in a harvest. But our God speaks a better word than those words. And so our seed will rise up over their seed and speak a better word than that seed that is speaking. And even though their words work, our works are higher. Our seeds are higher. Our words have more authority because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. What they're saying is not from heaven. And this isn't the name it, claim it deal. This is not what this is because when God initiates something from heaven, it will go out and achieve what he has determined it will achieve. So every day, every day, you have to go get your daily bread. Every day, the word has to come forth. And if you think of it like a timeline, like there's a timeline in heaven, okay? And what you're doing is you are tethered to the word. And so what you're doing is you're, you're holding on to that tethering and you are bringing the word down and every day you move the word forward and you keep the word and let the word work for you. I'm talking about the Logos word, every promise that God has in his word over your life, it comes out of your mouth and you prophesy to your life with the written word. And then you prophesy to your life with the spoken word. God has said, and you keep walking every day and it becomes a light to your path and it becomes your gate opener. This is the double door that Isaiah spoke of in chapter 45 when he said to Cyrus, I will give you a double door. It is the door of the written word and it is a door of the spoken word. These are the doorways that will open up the future that God has for you. Every day. And there are seasons when it becomes, when the intensity of this gets really hard. And that's when you know that you have got to get even more intense and ingrained in the word. And you have to be very careful of the words that you're speaking out because of the intensity. I love what uh, um, last time Jason Hooper was here, he said, why is it, you know, when you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. When you squeeze a Christian, why is it everything but the word of God comes out? Pressure should create this reality. Pressure should create the spoken word God has said, just like Jesus said after he fasted in the desert for 40 days. This is the place where we enter into the rest of the Lord and we, we stop our laboring. Um, earlier, we were prophesying and they were, they were prophesying. I don't know if you heard, but they're all prophesying basically the same thing. It's time to go into the promised land. It is time to go into your promised land. But you have to lay hold of this 
because the word is going to open up the doorway to your promised land. These words that come out of your mouth, the words that you roar, you begin to say, you begin to declare, you begin to decree, you begin to prophesy over your own life. Every day. Sometimes when it gets difficult, I'm doing it like I'm taking medicine. Like, I'm a, like I've got cancer and I'm taking medicine every, several times a day. It's like three times a day, all day long. Paul said, I, I, I pray without ceasing. What he was saying is I'm declaring the word without ceasing. I go around every day. When a pressure gets on, I know I'm about to break through. When it gets hard, I know I'm about to break through, but I can't allow the darkness to overcome me, but I have to overcome the darkness with light, and that light is going to come out of your mouth. And when the, when the light comes, the darkness has to flee. So let me give you a testimony about this because I've seen this in action Several years ago, the Lord uh, took me uh, on a sabbatical, which for those of you that know me, um, you know, so I was alone for three days. And those of you that know me, that's not a pretty sight <clears throat> because I hate being alone. <laughs> I'm like, there's no one to talk to. God, I love you, but you know how social I am. So anyway, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to get, I want you, I'm going to teach you something in my word. I'm going to teach you how to war. And I thought, okay, cool. So he said, I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to, um, I want you to write down uh, three sections. One section, I want you to write down every word that is spoken about me. I want you to go through the word and I want you to pull out all of my names and all of every place in the word where I'm given a name. And I want you to begin to worship me in that and about that. And I thought, oh, okay, I love that. Okay. So I did that. And that took me, you know, several hours of just perusing through the word and, and just pulling out scriptures. And so I had like, I don't know, like 25 names of God, 25 attributes of God, of his nature, that I can worship him and praise him and thank him for who he is. And he said, and then the next section, I want you to go through my word and I want you to pull out every promise that I have promised to you personally, not just personal, but also in your ministry, also in your family, in your money, everything in my word. And I want you to write that down. And I want you to thank me for that promise. And I'm like, oh man, that's so good. And then he said, third, I want you to go through and I want you to write down every spoken word, every prophetic word that I have spoken to you. And I want you to thank me for this. And so I wrote it down. I bet there was 45 different promises that he had spoken to me. And while I was there, he started to talk to me about John and, and, and about his business. Um, because at the time, John was in a partnership with four people. And the partnership agreement that, that they were in was a business model that didn't allow for growth. They had hit the ceiling of their growth. And because of how they were, it was structured, it didn't allow for any more growth in the marketplace. And so the Lord said to me, um, John is going to own his own business. And, and I, I was like, well, I don't see how that's going to happen, but okay. <laughs> that was an impossibility 
for him to get untangled from these three partners, even if he, even if, I mean, it just, it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, he would have to leave the partnership and go start another business. So I didn't know how the Lord was going to do this, but I just said, yes, Lord. And then he said to me, and John is going to be making X amount of money per month. And I thought, oh, well, (laughs) I'm like Sarah, you know, about you're going to have a baby when you're 99 or whatever. I was just laughing because I thought that's so that's okay. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) I'm going to pray that every month. So as I began, I began to thank the Lord for these things. I'm just speaking it out as I'm hearing it. Thank you, Lord, for that John's going to own his own business. Thank you, Lord, that John's going to make X amount of money per month. Now, this seems like nothing, but this is a great testimony. And so a, a year goes by, and I begin to feel there all of a sudden a lot of pressure starts coming on the, the business from a spiritual perspective. And I can feel that the business is getting pushed on in my spirit. And John, and I know the promises over his life, that's getting pressed on in my spirit. So every day, several times a day, I am thanking the Lord for what he said, and I'm pushing back against what the enemy is trying to do, which is him me in and to get me to quit speaking. All of the sudden, a couple of John's partners come to him and say, we're going to get out of this partnership. And uh, we want you, we're going to sell you our part of the partnership. And um, it was worth, their part was worth several hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, we're going to sell you our part of the partnership. For- and then he had to buy out this third partner. And the Lord provided the equity to, to buy out this third partner. So all of a sudden, a year after I had been praying this, the impossible happened like that. And then his business just took off and began to multiply. And I was like, wow. I think we got a tiger by the tail here. This word stuff works. Now, there was no labor on John's part because the word was working for him. He was, I was prophesying. And listen, it doesn't have to be him. You can get people in your life who have grabbed hold of this and you and get around you and they begin to prophesy on your behalf. All right, I'm going to tell you another one. You want to hear one more? All right, it also has to do with John. He's like my little, my little test. Um, But you know, when it comes to money, If you have faith in money and you see money begin to happen, if you see this begin to happen, I'm telling you something, you have faith for healing. You have faith for all of these other things. So anyway, um, so a lot of you were here in the spring when the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm about to double John's business. And I want you to sow into that. I want you to begin to increase your tithe and, 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 and like pay it forward. And so John came up here and he was like, oh, Tracy's talking to me about this. Do you remember that? Do y'all remember that? And, I was, and so we're like, yes, Lord. Oh, okay. You're going to double the business. Don't know how that's going to happen, but okay. So 
I began to agree with that. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to double John's business. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to double John's business. Thank you, Lord. So he has five accounts, right? He's got five accounts that he currently has. So fast forward three months. Within three months, or, or so at the beginning, I think it was like mid-July, all of the sudden, he starts getting phone calls from all of these other businesses saying, will you take my business? Will you take my business? Will you take my business? And in one month, his business doubled. In one month. He had five accounts. Six accounts came in in one month, and he did not labor for one of them. Now, let me tell you what that is. That's the word doing the work. Because the word of God speaks a better word than that of the world. And he and and so we didn't let go of the word. We sowed the the word. If you'll sow the word, if you'll pay the word forward, if you'll speak the word forward, it says that it's a light to our path. That means it creates the place, the next place that we step. And and we don't have to do the work because the curse is now broken over Adam. So he said, you no longer have to labor, but you just have to, like, like Abel, you know, it's all about the blood. The blood will do the work for you. All right? So this is what the Lord told me when I was in worship. He said this. <clears throat> he said that you have now entered into the double door or the double portion. I want you to watch how when I first got a hold of the word, it took me a year of, of, of prophesying the word. This last time, I sowed financially into this, uh, this promise, and the word worked within three months. We are in the hour of increase where the word is going to work for you or the word is going to work against you. So we have to bridle ourselves and our tongues so that we get our word into alignment with heavenly promises and we become a blessing in this hour. This is, uh, so this is what the Lord told me. He said, uh, this is what Jesus did. He came um, in Revelation 5. He came as the lamb that was slain. And he was found worthy to open the scroll, to open the words so that every tribe and tongue and people will now be both priests and kings and delivery system to the earth of this scroll. And he said, we are in the Revelation 10 moment. And he said, where uh, the scroll that was opened and the, 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 the um, um, what do they call it? The thunder, it thundered. When the seven thunders uttered their voices, there was a great uh, voice that was heard in the heavens and it became like this scroll that John was supposed to eat. And he said, it's not the hour for this scroll to be released in the earth, but there is coming a generation that this scroll will be loosed by. And so he said this, um, 
in verse 8, uh, chapter 10, verse 8. Then the voice of, then, then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and I said, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it, and it'll make your stomach bitter, but it'll be sweet like honey to your mouth, meaning that that the words will will create life. They will be sweet like honey. That's the promised land. It is the promised land. The promised land is going to come out of your mouth. It's going to come out of your words. It's going to be like honey. Though those that scroll is coming out of your mouths. Then I took the little book. Okay, I already, ate the, I already said that. It said this, and he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues and, king, or, uh, uh, tongues and kings, tribes and kings. You must prophesy to your life. You must prophesy to your finances. Prophesy to your children. Prophesy to your businesses. Prophesy to this city and release the word of God so that all come into alignment with that truth. Amen? All right. It's good. It's good. It's good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, I want you to stand because I want you guys to be tethered to these words. I want you guys to, to lay hold of this and don't let go of it. The word says that the, the children of Israel kept the word of God. I want you to keep the word of God. I want you to keep it safe and I want you to value it like Jesus himself is speaking to you in the flesh and you would hold those words and you would value them and realize how very important these words over your life are and begin to wield these words and use them to create the pathway of your future to bring you that new car. And I'm not talking about the Mercedes or whatever. Maybe it is a Mercedes. I don't know. Whatever God has said. But God has spoken that you don't need to pray for what you need. He already knows. Just release the word that he's already given you. Amen? So, Father, I do. I just ask right now, God, raise your hands that there would be a tethering, that you would tether us once again, that as we've been on this fast, God, that you would begin to tether us to the word and that every day we would take the word and work the word, that we would work with you, God, that we would allow you to do the labor of releasing the words and all we do is say yes. We have a yes in our heart, Holy Spirit. Would you create in us a great and mighty army I prophesy to you that breath is coming into your dry bones even now. 
that, that your connections and the sinews are now being formed and the ligaments on your bones and they're connecting it and you are rising up as a great and mighty army. And I thank you, Father, for breathing into them that once again, the word of God will go forth out of this place and there will be a sound in Dallas that will shake every uh, high place of darkness and bring it down, God, and it will raise up the places of light and the lighthouses that I see standing before me. And I just bless you, and I thank you, Father, for the word that's being released even now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.